the world looks d- dreary and things look down, but we've got a tomorrow coming that uh, is much better than today. And I want to enjoy today, but we've got a good tomorrow coming. And uh, I believe God wants us to live in joy, live in peace, live in happiness. And uh, that's what I want to want to talk about this morning is how to how to get that get that point in your life where you can live in joy, you can restore yourself the joy of your salvation, and get back to to square one, if you will. And uh, been excited to study and prepare for this message from Matthew eighteen, and I've uh, just had Jesus on my mind this week and had. Uh, the, the person of Jesus as he was here and ministering on the earth. And specifically in this scripture I was reading, and you find this account, these questions here in a few of the Gospels, and been thinking about children. And uh, this uh, I'm, I'm preparing my mind for that, and I'm preparing my, my life for, for that and how that changes things. It, it's already changed things for me, but how it will even in a greater fashion change things. And uh, my dad said the other day, um, he's like, just wait. He's like, once, he's like, this will be the most worrying you'll ever do in your life. <laughs> it's just, it never ends. And, um, but, but, you know, there are characteristics and there are things about children that make them just wonderful, that make them great. I believe the most beautiful being creature upon the earth is a, a little child. Um, there's some things that we see here with Jesus, and I want to preach to you this morning, approaching Jesus. And I want to think about that and how he says here in Matthew 18, or we'll read here Matthew 18, verse number 1. The Bible says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. Lord, we just pray that you would just help us to take this word, and I pray, God, that you would apply it to our hearts and to our lives. God, I pray that we would just be grown, and I pray our hearts would be melted on this subject, God, that we would become more like little children. God, that we might approach you that we might come to you and be with you and be the greatest in the kingdom because of you, because of who we are through you, that we might have that relationship. Lord, I just pray this morning we would take this word, apply it to our lives, this bread of life. Feed us from your scriptures. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yesterday evening, we had some friends come over. And they brought their little boy, and he's nine. And he's just the most intelligent little kid, and he's so interested in things, and he's so just, you could just tell life is just flowing from him. And his dad and I were talking about things and just discussing 
the Bible and discussing what we see going on and kind of how, you know, it's scary about this, that, and the other. And he's just enjoying life. There he is. He's, he's oblivious to the things that's going on. He's oblivious. And, you know, I, I, God convicted my heart. I, I had this message prepared. I was ready to preach this. But as I was thinking about one kind of way of approaching this, I was thinking about how that regardless of what's going on in the world, that if we can get back, if we want to enjoy life, if we want to, you know, we, we know we have tomorrow coming. We have a good day approaching. We have, have eternity in heaven with, with, with God and with Jesus and uh, with, with all of our loved ones and everyone we know that's saved. We have that approaching. That's in front of us. But there, there's some tough days. There's some dark days ahead. There's, there's some, some times that we might face that are, that are difficult. And in my preparation of, of, in thinking of that, in my preparation for this message, I'm thinking that, that Jesus, he considers this little child to be the, the greatest. Not the most knowledgeable scribe. Not the the uh, this or that, the, the, the smartest person you've ever listened to or the most wealthiest man you've ever uh, read about or the wealthiest woman you've ever heard of. God doesn't consider that to be the greatest, but he considers the little, a little child to be the greatest in, in the kingdom. And you notice when, he, when these disciples, they're, they're inquiring and asking and needing his guidance, wanting his teaching, trying to learn, and he pulls that little child up. And I believe that there are a few things about this little child. In verse number four, it says, Wherefore, whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There are a few things specific about this child that I believe that when that child approaches life, there are characteristics about them that make them great. There are things about them that set them apart. And I was thinking about this this little boy we we had with us spending time with us, and we went out and we uh, were riding the, the four wheeler out, and he thought that was just the coolest thing to get to be out on the four wheeler and get to run around. And we saw some deer, and we saw a turkey, and we saw you know wildlife, and we got out and we were we were shoot we were target shooting, and um, just to see that and be a part of that, he was so amazed by that. And he, he was talking about different things, and he was just so so interested in all the little things he liked. And, and, and I think about uh, my son, and I think about how I want him to be that way and how I want him to, to, uh, to, to think about, you know, the world that way and just see the good and see things that he's interested in and, and chase after them and learn about things and love to, to do certain things. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, his mind's... Uh, you know, until the age, they come to the age of accountability, their mind's not polluted by uh, these, these fleshly things of the world. They, they think about things in a different light and a different mindset. I'm thinking about my relationship with God and how if I can just get myself back, broken back down to that child and if I can humble myself to the point where I come to Jesus with a few characteristics and come to Jesus with a few specific things, maybe I can have that joy. I can have that twinkle in my eye. I can have that happiness in my life and, and everything feel new again and everything feel right and every, you know, me feel filled up with my, my salvation and feel filled up with my study and with my prayer and feel like it did when I was a seven-year-old boy and feel like it did as I was uh, beginning to learn and understand God's word and feel like it did when I've had those services um, like we were talking about where you just, you just feel like you could just be caught right up into heaven and just be with God in an instant. 
And I don't believe that we can have that unless we do step back down to the basics of this life, step back down to the basics of our salvation, and step back down to being just simple-minded because simple-minded is it's a bad thing if you want to if you want to do certain things in the world it's a bad thing if you want to amass a bunch of wealth or get this or get that but in a spiritual nature being simple-minded and getting yourself to a simple ground it's beneficial for our spiritual relationship with christ i believe that it's important that we grow in a spiritual nature and it's important that we learn i'm not saying that we should just say well i'm only going to read the gospels because uh, that's you know that's just simple truth. Well, it is just simple truth, but there's a lot more in this Bible we have to learn from. But I believe that sometimes we can get to a point where we get ourselves down and out. We was talking about how Britain said, you know, you, you dwell on something like the end times for 24 hours a day, and you'll go crazy, and you will. Um, I believe that it's important that we, we, we are interested in those things and we do study those things, but we can't amass and, and overwhelm ourselves and our, our little minds with uh, these things that, that are just too deep for us to understand. We have to, to focus on the simple things and the simple truths of Christ because when we are facing adversity, when we are facing issues, when we are going through a valley and we are uh, coming up on something that's hard to pass through, all the, the learning I can do about these different things and all the, the growing I can do and all the wealth I can have and all the, 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 the degrees I can hang up on the wall, they, they can't get me through that situation. It's me leaning upon the simple truth of my salvation that Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus uh, came into my heart and washed away my sins and I get to spend eternity with him. That's what helps me get through this crazy world. That's what helps me have joy. That's what helps me have happiness amidst chaos. We, we literally live in the eye of the storm. Regardless of what's going on in the news, regardless of what's going on um, uptown or downtown or around town, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what people are doing, we live in the eye of the hurricane day in or day out, as crazy or as calm as it is. At any point in time, our Christian life can become a storm. And I think about Jesus here and, and, and these disciples. Here they are. They walked with Jesus. And he's, I believe, teaching them and showing them that if you and yourself are first, he says, converted, and you've got to be changed on the inside. But he says, and become his little children. Ye, unless you can be converted and become his little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, what does that mean? Well, I jotted a few things down, just two things, two, two thoughts about how to come to Jesus as a little child. And I wish I had more, but I don't, and that's, I believe that's fine. But two little thoughts, and then I've got three, four more after that. <laughs> two thoughts about how to come to Jesus as a little child. I want, you say, I want to have joy. I want to have happiness. And you talk to people, and they may be like-minded people. They may be Christian people. And you let... The, you let them get their ox get in the ditch a little bit, and they are just, it's the end of the world. What are we going to do? I've just got to figure this out. I gotta, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I can't figure it. Hey, I, I understand. Things are crazy, but lean upon the Lord. That's simple. That's simple. Well, I, I, don't, I just don't, I can't figure it out. I can't, you can't figure it out in your mind. Lean upon God. And I, it's, it's easy for me to say right this second because I've been praying about this this week. But you get tomorrow, and there, there I am. Ox is going to be back in the ditch. Something's going to happen, and I'm going to have to re reapply this to my life. But I would tell those people that say, well, I, I just can't figure out how to navigate this world, even in what we consider normal circumstances. I can't figure out how to go through, come to Jesus as a child. First, I believe children 
They approach things with an innocent mind. This can be taken a few different ways about different things, but children don't see all the the bad. Children don't see the the hatred. They don't see the anger. They don't see the all these things that we we see because we are in it day in and day out. Children approach things with an innocent mind. They 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 believe almost that everybody's good. Well, not every, nobody's good, but through Christ, Christians have inside of them the opportunity to live a life that reflects Jesus. Lost people, we say, well, what about lost? Well, lost people aren't good. They have the potential inside of them if, God, if they will allow Jesus to move into their hearts to reflect Jesus. We should approach people and not say, well, we're going to group them with this crowd or this crowd or do this or do that or say this or say that and just realize that we're all people. We all have the potential to be good. We all have the potential to serve God. We all have the potential to grow. We all have the potential to, to come to Jesus as a child. We all are children together. But I'm afraid that there are some people that cannot accept because you find in, in, the other, in, in other accounts about this specific well, and I don't know if it's this specific teaching, but you do find the disciples actually rebuking the children. And Jesus wanted them to be around. Don't rebuke them. They're, that's, who I want, that's who he wants around because that's, they have the potential to be for him so much because their mind's not polluted by things that take away our innocence. Their minds are not taken and, 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 and pulled away by things that destroy innocence. So come to Jesus. You say, well, I, you, you haven't seen what I've seen in this world. You haven't done what I've done in this world. I understand, but the great thing that Jesus says here in verse number four is he says, whosoever shall humble himself as the little child. He doesn't say that you can erase everything you've ever done. He doesn't say that you can get rid of every sin that you've ever committed or every bad word you've ever said or bad thoughts you've ever had. But he says that mentally, physically, spiritually, you can break yourself back down to the position of a child, an innocent child. Isn't that amazing thing that we serve a God that's so loving? We serve a God that's so caring that he allows us in a spiritual nature, he, he, in a spiritual nature to become as we were when he first took us in. Well, I was 40 when I got saved, but you were a child in God. He, walked, he forgot everything. He cast everything you'd ever done as far as the east is from the west, never to be found again. He got rid of it. Well, I've sinned since then. I've been saved. I've sinned. Humble yourself like the little children. God sees you. If you will ask him to take the sin out of your life, he sees you as, in an, as an innocent child. Isn't that a great thing that we have a loving God that can forgive that way? That we are given so much by him and he blesses us so greatly, but yet we do fail him and we do fall short and we do, do, we, we do make mistakes that, that are uh, ungodly and we have to go back to him and say, God, forgive me yet again. Here I am yet again. Here I stand before you once more and I'm asking you to take this out of my life. Children approach things from an innocent mindset. They, they're, they, in their mind, they, they think ever, everything's good. They don't see the bad of the world. We need to get that way. In the mind that, and, and I, it's, it's okay to, 
to be concerned. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to have fear. It's okay to, to face these things, but take those things and pour those things into the Lord. Because children, what do they do? They take those things and they pour them into mom and dad. And they say, mom and dad, I don't understand these things. I've never seen these things happen before. I've never had anybody treat me like this. I've never had anybody do anything like this to me. Mom, dad, take care of this. And if they got good parents, mom and dad will be able to direct them and guide them how to deal with that as that, as that, as that little child. We have a Lord and a Savior that we can go to and say, God, I've never seen this before. I've never faced them, this in my life. I'm not in the eye of the storm anymore. I don't have the calm. I'm, I'm, I'm right back into the hurricane force winds, and I'm facing so much in my life that's, that I'm afraid it's going to hurt me. I'm afraid it's going to hurt my family. I'm gonna, afraid it's going to hurt our society. I'm afraid it'll hurt our country or our world. And we've got a Father that if we come to Him innocent, and we admit that we don't know how to fix it, he will help us navigate through it. Children approach things from an innocent mind, but they approach things from an interested mind. Like I was talking about that little boy that was with us, you could just tell he's just figuring the world out. He's just learning, and it was just beautiful to see. Even things that things we just walked past, things I walked past, he was asking questions about them, and he was interested in them. And I, I'm not telling you anything. I mean, you've got, you've got children and grandchildren. You know what I'm talking about. But I'm coming to this realization in my mind, and I'm thinking about my little boy, and I'm thinking about how he'll be wanting to learn things, and he'll be interested in things, and how beautiful that is. I remember being saved, and I remember being so interested in the things of God that it just I couldn't get enough. It was almost to the point where I wanted to pray. I wanted to pray constantly. I wanted to read my Bible constantly. How crazy is that? But I was so interested because it was so fresh in my heart and in my life, and I had realized and recognized that that God had done so much for me. God had saved me. God had redeemed me. He had forgiven me for all I'd ever done. Even as a little seven-year-old boy, I felt like I, I mean, my, the soles of my feet were on fire. I felt like hell was coming to burn me up, and I felt like that I was going to die because I was this wretched, evil little person. And I, I really, and you think about it, and that's what I love about God wanting to save children young is that I had had a chance to do a lot of bad things. But yet at the same time, I had realized that just like anyone else, just like the drunkard, just like the adulterer, just like the drug addict, I needed Jesus. I needed redemption. I needed saved. And here I am, and, and, and once I got that, once I, that, that sin was washed away from my life, I became interested in the things of God. I became interested in learning more. I became interested in, learn, in, in knowing more. I became interested in praying. And I remember uh, the, the nights that mom would pray with me, and mom would come and pray, and we'd pray together, and we'd pray our prayer. And uh, I, my type of praying was, Lord, help everybody and help everything, and I'm done. And that was my type of praying. But, but she would pray with me and pray with my brother, and then I would begin to pray to the Lord about my specific things that I needed him to fix and the things that I needed him to, to take care of. And, Lord, please help my grandparents and help my dog Mo. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd help me at school, and I pray that I wouldn't have to take a math test. And God heard my, th my, my, my issues because I was interested in the things that he could offer me because inside of my heart I felt like he loved me and he cared. And as a child I came to him interested in the things he could offer me that's a beautiful thing when we can have that with the Lord have you gotten in your Christian life where you're not interested like you used to be have you gotten to a point a position where you're just not where you once were David prays the prayer restore unto me 
the joy of my salvation. That tells me, you know, you buy a car and you drive that car every single day, it gets to a point where the restoration becomes nearly impossible, especially these new cars. That car we bought, it's a great little car, little Hyundai. But I told Shelby, unlike like something like my papa's Chevelle, that Hyundai is going to be a refrigerator in 10 years. That old Chevelle, it has the proper things that are needed for restoration because it is something that is set aside, that is not made anymore, that was made with, with care. It was made with, with love and horsepower. And it was made as something that you can go and you can, you can get the Bondo and you can get the, the fiberglass and you can protect it and you can repaint it and you can rebuild it and you can make it something worth having, even though it, it, but it's worth a lot now. But what I'm saying is that it can be restored to something that even in a greater mind is, is something that, that's like new, that's, that's perfect, that is like it was the day that it rolled off the floor. And are you not, and, and I'm not interested in something that can't be restored. I'm not interested in something that can't be taken back to what it used to be. And you'll find that if you can't, if you're if you're leaning on anything besides the Lord, you don't have something that can be restored. You don't have something that you that can be renewed. You don't have something that can be taken back to the way it was from day one. But our salvation up in our hearts, if we can come to God as an interested child in the things of Him, He can start to wipe away and wash away the dirt and the nastiness and the grit and the grime and the rust and all the things that we've put between him and put between me and he could take those things and cast them away even even things we've chosen to do after he saved us even things that we've we've chosen to set between our relationship with him and and he will take us to a point in position where if we're just interested in him as a little child he will make us feel like we did the day we were saved I've said many times that I would hate to know that the only thing I've ever done for God is be saved and I didn't do that for God he did that for me I'd hate to know at the end of my my physical life that the only thing spiritual nature I'd ever done was just be saved I don't believe that's a happy Christian life I don't mean that's that, that I don't believe that that's the way God intended it I don't believe that that's the way God set it up I believe that he intended for us to continually come to him and ask him and uh, unfortunately we have to all the time Lord forgive me I want to get back to where it used to be I want to grow like I used to grow I want to read like I used to read I want to go back to the way it was as a child where I was innocent, where I was interested, where I was invested in the things of you. If we can come to God, if we can come to Jesus in those, way, those ways, and I know that this isn't specifically what this is talking about, but I just believe that he, he, Jesus specifically breaks out and breaks down that relationship with those children because he sees the purpose, he sees the, the, the position of those children in his kingdom, and they are exalted because they're not polluted by the things of the world. Innocent children and interested children and invested children become independent children. They become independent from the world. They become independent from the times. They become independent from things that, that, that you see going on. <coughs> I was talking to somebody earlier uh, this week and we were talking about things and, and things that they had done and things they had gotten into. And it just blew my mind that we'd both grown up in similar homes and we had kind of taken similar paths and got into similar things and it dawned on me that alcohol abuse and drugs and sex and whatever it may be that 
this guy was involved in, that things that I had, had, had dabbled in and done and made choices to do. It was on my independence that I chose to do that because my parents raised me separated from those things. My parents raised me where there wasn't drugs in the home. I didn't just watch whatever I wanted to watch. I didn't just do whatever I wanted to do. I was raised independent from the things of the world. And I chose to do those things, and they were on my own. That was by my own account, my own choice that I had done those things. And I believe that the things that I had partaken in, I will answer for. Mom and Dad won't answer for those choices I made because on my, in my own independence, I chose to do those things. Innocent children, interested children come to Jesus and they leave as independent children. And it's up to us to choose. He's, we've become independent from the world. We've become independent from sin. We've become independent from the, the things of, of this, this world, the things of our own even fleshly nature. And it is what we choose to do. Because that's that independence, that's where we begin down that, that walk in the world. That's begin, where we begin to, begin to mature. That's where we begin to grow. And God wants to, that God is warning us. He gives us that independence. He gives us that free will because he wants to see us choose him above all, all else. He wants to see us choose a lifestyle that reflects upon Jesus above all else. So the things I do now that are ungodly, the things that I do now that are, that are not right, it's not on his account that, are, that, that I've done it. It's by my own choice that I've chosen not to live for him. And that's maturing as a Christian. We stay on the milk in our entire Christian relationship and we never grow. We do have to grow. We do have to become better. We do have to learn. We do have to understand more. But, what, but that's where it gets dangerous for us. God loves us enough that he gives us a choice of whether or not we, can, we want to choose him. And time and time again, I see that, that man... I didn't choose him, and I'm hurting because of it. And there I go. Lord, take me back as an innocent child. Take me back as an interested child. I don't want these, this baggage I've put on myself. I don't want this, these things. I, and I come to him, and I, I forget that he's forgiven me over and over and over. And he continues to show his mercy. Jesus offers three quick things, and I'll be done. When we come to him, he offers three quick things. First, he offers health, spiritual health for us. I know that there's things that we that, that happen and we, we, we grow or we have injuries or we get older, we have health problems, we have this, we have that. I understand, and those are difficult things to face. It's, it's hard to have something that's lingering there in your life that just... You, that, you, that you you don't feel 100% with. I, I understand that, and I, I can't say that I feel, I, I know what that feels like, but I know what it looks like, and it looks like that it hinders people. But spiritually, this is what's amazing, is that we do, we do have a physical health, we do have a mental health, but we do have a spiritual health. And that even when we're down, and there, oh my, lands, this broke my heart this week, but there's a man... I was helping a lady. She was there uh, with for one of the, one of the local one of the local churches, working with her at the bank. And she said, "I'm so sorry, but I got a phone call I need to take." She got her phone out and she stepped out of the office and took this phone call. And she was talking for a few minutes, and you could just tell she she was just lighting up. She was just lighting up because of this phone call. 
And she came back in the office and she said, and I, and I, I Lord forgive me, I can't remember the person's name that, that she said, but she said, yes, he, he calls lots of different people each week. And it was a gentleman who, um, he's, he's, uh, his leg, he's crippled in both of his legs and actually deformed and has never been able to function as, as normal. But he makes it a point in his life to call as many people as he can. Every Thursday, he has a list of people he calls and encourages spiritually. And he's deformed where he can't get out up out of the bed and go do anything. He's always been that way. But he's settled in his heart. He doesn't have true physical health as we see it, as we think. And it's grace of the Lord that he has mental health because to, to be able to do that and not, not go to the point where you, you can't go on and you can't, and, 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 and to be able to mentally handle things, it's only by God's grace that spiritually he can have that health. To have a burden to call people and encourage them for the Lord. Somebody that you look at and you think, he might need our encouragement. No, I, I think that we've probably grown, got a little too grown up and we, we've not looked at things where, like a little child where, you know what, I need to lean on people like this. Jesus offers spiritual health where we don't have other health. He offers happiness. If we can come to him as a, children, as a child, we might be in a situation such as what I was just talking about, but we can be happy. Have you ever in your Christian life been going through a situation and everybody knew about it, and the way you responded to it, people are like, I don't know how you do it. I go to many funerals. You go to funerals that aren't Christian funerals. People don't believe. And you know the person that died didn't believe. Probably the worst are when the person that died, everybody knew they didn't believe, and you got a bunch of Christians sitting in the crowd. And it's, it, that's, that's tough. But somebody can die, even tragically. I've been to my fair share of funerals. But I know of stories and heard of stories such as people being murdered, but their families showing love. Their families loving people. I knew, knew a story of a lady passed away in a car accident. And her family showed love to the man that did it. He wasn't paying attention. She was killed in that car accident. And the family chose to show love. That's happiness in a spiritual nature. Why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to retaliate? That person took your loved one's life. There's something spiritually that we can't explain. But if we allow God to move into our hearts and and humble ourselves as a little child. We can have happiness, and in situations where we think that we would never, ever be able to show peace, we would never be able to show joy, we would never be able to be happy, we can be happy. Jesus offers us health in his arms. He offers us happiness in his arms, but he offers us habitat in his arms. He wants us to stay there. He wants us to become like a little child and stay there. He set up a place on this earth. For us to live in a spiritual nature that he wants us to stay in peace and joy and happiness. And he says, 
verse 5 here. And whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. He says in verse 6, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Jesus doesn't cut any corners with anything. I don't, I don't ever find that in the scriptures. He just tells you straight up like it is. That habitat that he offers us, that's protection. If we just serve and live as his little children. As he says that if you're willing to hurt these little children, you're better off dead. And that comes that's straight from the king's mouth. How about that? That's how much he values and cares for his little children. I just pray that when we approach Jesus, we can take hold of some of these things. Well, I'm definitely interested, but are we innocent? Are we saying, Lord, make me like a little child? Are we invested to say, Lord, I'm not just coming back to you just to get through this tough time. I'm not, you know, pulling on the side of the road and getting the spare tire out. But I'm invested in living for you. Because he can offer these things we've talked about. I do appreciate your attention. God's blessed me with this this week. And it's even challenged me as a new upcoming parent as far as me being a little child. Me saying, Lord, this is your gift. I've already learned that the way you think things go and the way that you think you'll do things, in what aspect I've been in, I haven't been in anything yet, but I've already learned that you don't know till you get there. You don't know till you get there. And that I need to humble myself. Because if I'm going to make it through this, if I'm going to be able to be a good parent, if I'm going to be able to be a, I want to be somebody that there's a little boy that wants to be like me. I want, and that typically happens pretty naturally. And there's some dads and some moms that aren't worth acting like. But I want to be somebody that is a good example. I want to say, I'm not the final authority, but let's go to the final authority. And be able to get to that level where I say, you know what, I'm going to humble myself. I'm afraid as people we grow and we get our positions and we get <clears throat> our experience and we forget that there was a day where we didn't know any better than anybody else. I believe the world needs positions and needs position, positions that do think about the military. Military needs positions. You got to have generals. You got to have privates. You got to have sergeants. But spiritually, there's not a pecking order. That's not how this thing works. This is the only thing that works. Now we know that that pastors' jobs are to lead the flock. We know that there there are positions that do require uh, do require authority, do require respect, whatever. But spiritually, ain't nobody any better than anybody else. We're all in the same boat, and we need to remember to humble ourselves like little children. Does anyone have anything?